Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. You know, we're talking about faith. We're in a series on faith. Uh, So we're going to continue that tonight. Why don't we go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And notice this about faith. It says in verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's why we need to talk a lot about faith. That's why we're life of faith Bible church. Why are we life of faith Bible church? Because we want to live a life that's pleasing to God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So by being life of faith Bible church, in other words, a people that live by faith, then we're a people that please God. We're not out trying to please ourselves. We're looking to please him. But in pleasing him, you do bring pleasure to yourself. You do please yourself. You do make yourself a very happy person. Make for a very good life for yourself. But we're not out trying to make a very good life for ourselves. We're out to please God, and that makes for us a very pleasing life. But if we're trying to have a pleasing life, then we're going to miss pleasing him. And we'll fall short of a really pleasing life. The kind of pleasing life that God wants us to have. So we're all about pleasing him. So if you weren't all about pleasing him today, just readjust. Right now. Readjust. And just get focused. I'm all about pleasing him. You know, the Bible says over in James chapter 3, it says where there's self-seeking, there's confusion. And every evil thing will be there. So if, if, it's, if it's all about self, it's trying to please self, then you're going to bring confusion. You're going to be confused about so many things. But when you want to please him, that means you're going to be looking to him, listening for him, letting him teach you, lead you, and guide you. There's not going to be confusion. There might be things we don't quite understand at the moment, but we're not going to be in confusion about stuff. We're not going to be in a big fog and, and just walking in the dark, banging into ourselves. God's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. He's going to help us because we're looking to please him. We're not using God to please us. That's not what faith does. That's why faith doesn't work for a lot of people because they're, they're trying to use faith to get God to please them rather than using their faith to be more pleasing to God. How could we be more pleasing to God? By laying hold of the promises of God, by being doers of his word, Walking in line with his word. Having, having the fruit of the word of God in our life. See, even in, even in receiving from God, it's for the glory of God. In this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. That you bear much fruit. So, in you being fruitful, you receiving from God the things you ask of him. Which are the things he wants you to have. The things that he promised you the things he wants to give you, then by you receiving what he wants you to have, you're pleasing him. And so he just may want you to have more than you even want for yourself. Because remember, he's all about abundance. He's all about overflow. And so, you know, like we talked about on Sunday, we talked about how, you know, some people just say, just give me a half a cup, Lord, and I'm satisfied. What is it about you? It isn't about you satisfying you. It's about you satisfying the heart of God. It's about pleasing him. See? So we want to get all that God has for us, has ordained for us to have, because in that he's glorified. See? So even in receiving. So that's where a lot of people have missed it in their faith, because they're asking, they're believing, they're receiving for themselves. We ask, believe, we receive for the glory of God. For the glory of God, that our Father might be glorified. Man! See, then you stay over in that mode where everything's for him, to please him. Trust me. Trust the word. You are going to be very pleased. <laughs> you are going to be very pleased. You can say amen. Mwah. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Just wonderful. I don't know where it's coming from, but it feels good. It feels good. It's all that, it's all that tomato sauce I had today. So. It's bringing the Italian out of me anyway. Anyway, 
But without faith, it's impossible. That's not even what I was trying to get to, but we got to that, and that was good too. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. He is. He's a very present help in a time of trouble. He is. He is here. He is with us. He's always with us all the time to teach us, to lead us, to guide us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Now, a lot of folks would try to forsake him, try to run away from him, try to stop up their ears and, and turn away from what God wants for their life, which is absolutely ridiculous. They just don't understand God and how good he is. The only reason why, you, the only reason why is anyone run away from God because they just don't understand how good he is. Right? But he's a good, 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 good father. Can you say amen? So good. Praise God. We come to him. We don't run from him. We come to him. We come to God believing he is. He is. He's here with me. Wherever I go, there he is. There he is. Somebody say, wherever I go, there he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek rewards. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek to get answers to their prayers. Seek the promises of God. No, no, no. Who diligently seek him. Him. We're going after him. Do we have any God chasers in the house? Hallelujah. We're chasing after him. We're seeking. And of course, you don't have to, you know, I mean, he's here. There isn't a whole lot of real chasing involved in it. He is. He is right here with me wherever I go. There he is. I go, God, God. It's like, he's right here. You don't have to yell in his ear. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Ooh, hallelujah. See, this is, the, this is the foundation on which faith works. And a lot of folks don't get this right. See, they get their eyes off him. They get their eyes on the things that God wants for them to have. But they get, they get in love with the things. They get in love with, they, get, they fall in love with wanting the things. And so we never want to do that because then your faith won't work, right? And that's what he says in James. He says, you ask amiss that you might spend it on your own pleasures. So that tells you right there that it's receiving all the wonderful things God has for us in this life. Lots of natural, material, good things God wants his people to have. Things that bring you pleasure. Yet you're not to pursue them for your pleasure. You are not to go after these things to spend them on your own pleasures, but to bring pleasure to God, to please Him. And then it works. So think about that. Asking amiss is asking that you might gain things to spend it on yourself for your pleasure. Well, it does bring pleasure, and God wants me to have it. Yeah, but... That's not why you're going to get it. You're going to get it because you being pleased pleases him. Because he delights in the prosperity of his servants. He delights in your prosperity. So you better prosper because God delights in your prosperity. It's not just for the sake of prosperity. It's because God delights in it. Amen. And so that's why we're going to receive of his prosperity. Because he delights in it. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Somebody say, it's all about him. It's not all about me. It's all about him. Glory be to God. But that sure blesses you. When you know you're pleasing to God, when you know you're walking in his will, laying hold of his promises for his glory, whew, hallelujah, that brings you much much joy. 
Much joy, much joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We bring joy to him, and then we're partakers of that joy. And that joy strengthens us. Amen. You're making him happy, living by faith. It's going to make you happy knowing he's happy. Ooh, it's about loving him now. He first loved us so that we can have love him. We can love him. We can return the love, return the favors. Amen. And in loving him and worshiping him and giving him all the glory, we become a partaker of all that he is and all that he has. We get to enjoy everything that he is and everything he has. The Bible says in Romans, the eighth chapter. Why don't you turn with me there tonight? Romans chapter 8. Boy, that was good right there. I mean, you know, we could go home and say, whew, that was enough to change my life forever. Because that right there will get my faith working. Cause me to receive everything that God has for me. Romans chapter 8 and in verse 17. Let's go back to verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Do you have that witness in you tonight? The witness of the Holy Spirit that you're a child of God. Born of God. Yeah, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So, you know, when you're bringing glory to God, it glorifies you. When you're seeking to bring him glory, it glorifies you. And so, you are glorified together with him. But notice that he says, if children. Now, you said you had the witness that you're a child of God. So, you are a child of God. And if that's true, and I believe it's true about you. Then uh, you are heirs of God. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. In other words, we have a joint bank account with Jesus. My wife and I, we have a joint bank account. And so I can write checks. Unfortunately, she can write checks. I mean, she can, <laughs> she can write checks. And she can write checks. No, I'm just, I'm just teasing. You use the debit card now, but more than anything. But anyhow... We have this joint account. Now, if Brother Dwayne got a hold of one of our checks and he wanted to go ahead and and get some money out of the account, could he? No, because he's he's not on our account, right? Now, if we we let him get on the account, then we we could do that. We could, but we wouldn't do that. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Dwayne. I mean, I'm happy with just my wife and I <laughs> having access to what's in the account. But now think about this. There's, an, there's a bank account that God has. And being joint heirs is like having a joint bank account. So in other words, you can make withdrawals on whatever is in Jesus' account. So in other words, if Jesus wants it and he wants to get it, then he can get it and he can have it. And just as much as he can have it, you can go ahead and have the exact same thing if you want it. You can go get it. You can access it. Why? Because you have access to the account. You're on the account. You're a joint heir with Jesus. What's his belongs to you. Hallelujah. And so, I'm going to give you seven steps to successfully make withdrawals from this account that you have with Jesus. How many people want to make withdrawals from this account? All right. Well, uh, the first thing, you need a checkbook. You need a checkbook. I'm telling you, receiving by faith is as easy as making withdrawals from the bank. Did you get what I said? Receiving 
by faith is as easy as making withdrawals from your bank. It's as easy to receive by faith as it is to make a withdrawal from your bank. All right, you're going to see that tonight. When it comes to faith, when it comes to receiving by faith, you need a checkbook. What's your checkbook? The Bible. The Bible is your checkbook because in there are all kinds of promises that God has for you. Over in 2 Peter chapter 1, it says in verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Lots we could say there, but the thing I wanted you to see is that he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. And that is our checkbook. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Know how, notice how absolute these statements are. There, there's no wishy-washy. There's no wishing or hoping. It's, it's absolute. He says... This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, anything, according to his will. Now, how do we know the will of God? Because we got the word of God. The word of God reveals the will of God. So that's how we can know that we're asking according to his will. Because we know we're asking according to his word. So if we ask anything according to his word, he hears us. That's an absolute. You ask according to the word, he what? He hears us. He hears you. He hears you. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter if you're in a cave, if you're on top of a mountain. It doesn't matter. He what? He hears us. He hears you. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, which now we know that he hears us because we're asking according to his word, we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know. We don't think, we don't hope. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So the word of God reveals to us the will of God Reveals to us the exceedingly great and precious promises that God has for us. And that's where faith starts. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Say that. Say it again. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So we know his will through his word. And so you can't have faith and not know the will of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you don't know the word, you don't know his will and you can't have faith. So there's a whole lot of folks out there asking for things and praying and crying out to God. They don't have any faith because they're not asking according to his will. In fact, a lot of people just say, if it be thy will. They just tag that on to everything. Just because Jesus prayed that once. Once. Jesus prayed that in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if there's any possible way this cup can pass for me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He was uncertain about the will of God. That's why he prayed it three times. He was seeking the Father about it. And how many people know? He came out of the garden knowing what the will of the Father was. That he was to drink that cup. He even said it. He told his disciples, rise up, you know. He had to drink of that cup. So he said, if there's any possible way, any possible way, 
And God didn't reveal to him any other way. And so he knew the will of God. It didn't stay that way. He didn't stay in this perpetual, perpetual state of, if it be thy will, I'll find out when it all happens. If they come and get me and crucify me, then that means it wasn't your will. No, he stood up and said, let us be going. And he surrendered himself over to be crucified because he knew it was the will of God. He didn't stay in this, if it be thy will. You can't receive from God not knowing if it's his will or not. We have to know his will. We have to know his will. You have to have a checkbook in order to write checks, in order to make a withdrawal. Forget that there's debit cards. And... I understand. Let's just go back in time just a little bit. You got to have a check to make a withdrawal from your bank account, right? So you got to know the promises of God. You got to know it's His will. And I like what it says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 20. It says, All the promises of God are in Him, yes. And in Him, Amen. In him, it's yes and amen. Yes and amen. It's not maybe, we'll see, I'm not sure. No, this is the confidence that we have. We know. We know he hears us. We're asking according to his will. We're asking according to his word. We know he hears us. We know, therefore, we have the petitions we've asked of him. Because if he hears us, bless God, he's not going to deny us. We're going to have it, praise God. It's ours, so it's yes and amen. Yes and amen. You can finish every prayer like that. Just pray to the Father, ask, and then say amen. That's why we put amen on a lot of our prayers, right? Because his promises are yes and amen. We got it. We received it. It's ours. It belongs to us now. That's faith. That's how faith thinks. That's how faith talks. So do you have a checkbook? Do you have the Bible? Praise God forever. We love our Bibles. Don't we love our Bibles? We love our Bibles. Okay, so now you got a checkbook, but now you need a check. If you, if whatever it is that you're going to ask God for, you need to actually go into the checkbook and actually tear out, not literally tear anything in your Bible, but tear out a check because you're going to write a check. So you got to take a check out of the checkbook. So what, is, what are we saying? You have to go in there and you have to find a specific promise or promises that cover whatever it is you're going to ask for. Whatever it is you want to receive from God, find scripture on it. Find Bible verses on it. Get a specific verse. So many people are so general when it comes to asking things of God. Well, God, whatever you want to do. God, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, you just do it. That's what, what is that? What do you mean whatever he wants to do? Whatever he wants to do. You, it's whatever. You don't know what he wants. You don't know his will. You don't know what he wants to do. You need to find out exactly what he wants to do. And then if that's what you want to receive, whatever it is you need to receive from, you find it in, in the word of God and you ask him according to that verse of scripture. You got to find scripture. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 says this. To the law and to the testimony. In other words, to the word. Go to the word. Go to the word. If they do not speak according to this word, the law and the testimony, it is because there is no light in them. Think about that. If they don't speak according to this word, or we could say if they don't ask according to this word, they don't ask according to the word of God. There's no light in them. It's Psalm 119, verse 130 that says, The entrance of thy word gives light. It brings light and gives understanding to the simple. So we need the word of God. Otherwise, we have no light. There's a lot of people praying in the dark. They're praying in the dark. We, we don't, we're not supposed to be praying in the dark. We're supposed to be praying in the light. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9 says, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, hearing the word, even his prayer is an abomination. Think about that. So people, they're asking for things, 
And it might be God's will, but they don't know that. They're, they're not asking, knowing his will. They're not coming with the word of God. They're not coming with scripture on it. You need a scriptural reason to receive from God. And he says, if anyone's praying without the word, their prayers are an abomination. You realize how many prayers are an abomination out there? <laughs> Think about that. I mean, there's people praying all over the There's people doing all kinds of praying. There's no light. There's no revelation. There's no scripture. They're just coming with their feelings and their thoughts and what, the way they think it should be. And the Bible says it's an abomination. I, you know, I mean, this is just what the Bible says. So we've got to get the, kind of the, the, the little religious ideas about God out of our head. We've got to understand this is how it works. And this is why it ain't working for a lot of people. I know they pray all the time. I know there's a lot of people pray all this. People that bow down several times a day and hum. I mean, there's all kinds of praying that goes on in the world. But if they ain't praying according to the word, God says it's they're not. He's not even not even listening to it. It's an abomination to him. Now that's some strong language. That's how much you and I need to come in there with the Bible, not our opinion, not our feelings. You got to watch, you know. We could slip away from the word and it starts becoming an emotional thing. It becomes a feeling thing and it becomes an opinion thing of why God should do what for us. We have to watch out for that. We have to make sure that our prayers are not an abomination. But they're fully pleasing to him and he's really actually listening. He's hearing us and then we know we have it. Can you say amen? All right. Now you've got your check. What do we look down and see on that check? Pay to the order of. Pay to the order of. Well, what is that? That's your request. That's your request. That's the things that you desire. That's the thing that you desire, the thing that you want to receive from God. You have to ask for it. You have to ask for it. You can't just, God knows my heart. Well, God knows what I have need of. Well, good, good, good. Do you know? Well, of course I know. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell God? I don't have to tell God anything. He knows everything. Well, you need to know the Bible. The Bible says in James chapter 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, how many people know God knows you lack wisdom. God knows you lack wisdom. Right? God knows you lack wisdom. But he doesn't just throw it at you, does he? No, he tells you to do something. Well, the bank has my money. They know what I have. They know that they, I need that money. Well, how do they know that? Well, I stand outside with a sign in my hand saying, I need my money. I need my money. How many people know that ain't going to work? You have to ask. According, you have to ask. God says you have to ask. James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and you war. You do not have because you do not ask. You know, why do people always go the hard way? It, it, it's amazing. People think prayer is harder than murder. People find asking God, coming and praying, harder than fighting and going to war. Because they'll go to war over the thing. They'll fight. They'll get in strife over it. They'll murder, they'll covet, they'll do everything they can to obtain it. And they won't pray. They won't ask. Isn't that amazing? Why? Because they're fleshy. And for a fleshy person, for a fleshy person, it's harder to go to war to try to get something than to have to reach down into your spirit and from within overcome the flesh, and in humility overcome the pride of the flesh, and ask of God. There's so much pride in that flesh, it's hard to ask for a fleshy person. 
So whenever you're in the flesh, you're going to find it hard to ask. And so it'll be easier for you to just fight and war to try to get your way rather than just come to God and ask. So that's why we can't be fleshy people. We've got to be spiritual. For a spiritual person, it's the easiest thing in the world. You just ask. So when it's hard to ask, where are you? In the flesh. In the flesh. Matthew chapter 7, verse 8, Jesus said, For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be Open, but you have not because you ask not. So you got to get down. You got to write, write, pay to the order up, and you got to say, "This is what I want. This is what I want." You're writing your checkout to whatever it is you want, right? And that's this is the thing that I want, and you're putting that on your pay to the order of. It's going, it's going towards this thing. Check is going towards this thing. This is the thing that I'm wanting. That's what this check is. That's what this request is going towards. And so we ask. Now you need a signature. You need to be able to sign sign these checks. Now even though you have a joint account, you don't sign in your own name. You don't sign in your own name. You come and you ask in the name. Of Jesus. You come and ask in his name. That's very important. Uh, You come to him and you say, Lord, you know how good I've been. You know how hard I've worked for this. You know how long it's been, Lord. How long I've been dealing with this. So I thank you. You're going to do this for me. You're coming with your own works. Coming in your own name exalting yourself before God. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. So that's another reason why people don't receive because they feel like they're entitled to it because of what they've done, how they've been living. And the devil will try to slip that one over on you. You know? He'll try to tell you how good you've been. He'll try to tell you how good you've been and and try to puff you up over something to say, well, you wouldn't get sick because, because look, you eat good, you exercise, you do this, you do that, and you're, you're, I mean, just look how, you read your Bible today? You went to Wednesday night service? So give it up for yourself. You went to Wednesday night service. And so, of course, you wouldn't get sick. I mean, because you're such a faithful, wonderful person. No! You've got to rise up, thoughts like that come to you, say, no, 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 I'm not going to get sick, and I don't get sick because Jesus took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. By his stripes, I'm healed. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with him, with Jesus. Praise God, I come in his name. I'm not coming in my own name, not coming according to my own godliness, my own works. I'm coming according to his godliness. And how he overcame the works of the devil. Jesus said this several, several times in John's gospel. John's gospel, chapter 14 Verse 13, or let's start actually in verse 12. Jesus said, most assuredly. Don't you love the absolutes tonight? And God just speaks with absolutes. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do because I go to my father and give him a joint account. And whatever you ask... In my name, you're asking, you have to ask. In my name, that's the signature, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son, that He might be glorified. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Praise God. He said, I'll do it. Hallelujah. He'll do it. Chapter 15 of John, verse 16. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. See, he loved you. You didn't just sit there and say, I just love God and I'm going to come to Jesus. No, he came to you. He brought himself to you. 
He laid his life down for you. He drew you to him. He came. He did it. He chose you before you even thought about him. He pursued you before you ever thought about reading your Bible. He chose you. You get a hold of that. I mean, that'll make it easy to receive from God when you understand you're not the one that started this thing. He's the one that started this. He chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That, and he's going to tell you what, what this fruit is. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. See, that's fruit for him. That's bearing fruit for God when you ask for a thing and he gives it to you. And you get it. It isn't just about you getting it. It's about you bearing fruit through getting it. You get it and that's fruit that gives him glory. But notice again, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. See, this is how we pray. We go to the Father in the name of Jesus. Chapter 16, it's quite important here because he says it several times in several different places. Verse 23, Jesus said, and in that day you'll ask me nothing. That's the day after he's risen from the dead and you're born again. Most surely I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Again, you're going, you're asking. Who are you asking? You're asking the Father. In the name, I think we miss it there a lot of times. We go, you know, we're always asking Jesus for stuff. Jesus! We're asking him. And Jesus is like, read the Bible. Let's do this right. Can we do this right? Let's do this transaction correctly. If you don't do it correctly, then you don't get what's in the bank. But if you do it correctly, you get what's in the bank. See what I'm saying? You can't have a, a strange transaction here. It's got to be straightforward. Follow the rules. So we're asking, and we're asking the Father, and we're doing it in the name of Jesus. Verse 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. What is your problem? God's like, what is your deal? (laughs) You've asked nothing in my name. You've asked nothing in my name. I think that probably fits a lot of people. You've asked nothing in my name. God's looking. We're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Trying to get things done and make things happen. And we're not asking. I'm just as guilty as this as anybody. I mean, you know, I mean, there's been times where, you know, you misplace your keys. And uh, boy, has that happened how many times. And, and I mean, one time in particular, it was just the funniest thing. But it's actually happened a couple times after that the exact same way. But I was out in Oklahoma and I was late to get to Bible school. I was going to be late. And I'm trying to find the keys to my car. I can't find my keys anywhere. I mean, I'm all dressed up, ready to go. So finally, I just thought, I'm just going to go. You know, it's a couple blocks away. I mean, it's, you know, probably about two, two miles away or maybe three. But I'm not going to just sit here. I can't find my keys. I've exhausted myself trying to find the keys. I've looked everywhere. I mean, I've turned uh, over everything trying to find the keys. And so I, I just got to get to school. So I just took off, started walking across the parking lot. I was moving very quickly across the parking lot, trotting a little bit, walking, trotting, you know. As I'm heading, heading out to go to, to school. I finally had this incredible, brilliant idea. Ask God. Holy Spirit know everything. He know where it is. Ask God. So I said, Lord, you know exactly where these keys are. I'm walking. I just said, Lord, you know exactly where these keys are. I said, Lord, help me to know where the keys are. They're hanging on my belt. And I ran, back, I ran back and got in the car. I mean, they're hanging on my belt the whole time, looking everywhere for him. Had him hanging on my belt. <laughs> and as soon as I asked him, I mean, as soon as I asked him, my hand motions took me right to my waist. And I hit the keys. Isn't that powerful? I mean, he is. He is ever-present. He is with us. And it was like, you know, whether it was him directly or his angel that's standing there following his orders. You know, the angel probably went. <laughs> that's probably what happened. It's like, Lord, why? 
And then the angel probably looked up and said, how much longer must I bear with him? I feel how frustrating that must be for the angel. The angel's like this watching you just pulling things out of your drawers. Right? I mean, it's got to be just a little frustrating, I think, for, for Jesus and for the angels and anybody that's watching that mess. You know what I'm saying? Right? That, is that glorifying God? I can't find it anyway. My Lord God, I can't find it. Don't you know I'm late for church? My God, I want to get to church. I want to glorify you and get to church. You know? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> and all you got to do is ask. And how many times has that happened? I mean, it's just happened so much. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You all know exactly what I'm talking about. So ask that you may receive. Oh, I like this. I like this. Verse 24 again. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Wow. God wants to fill you with joy. He wants to make you happy. You know, sometimes I've asked for some things that are kind of silly, you know. But I said, Lord, it would make me really joyful and happy. So I know it's according to your will. And I know that's what you want. You want me to be joyful and happy. Praise God. Shall I just receive that right now? In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Verse 26. He goes on and says, In that day you'll ask. This is another scripture, but it sounds like the same. But again, he's just repeating himself because we got to get this. This is, a big, this is a big problem. It's a pride problem, really. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. And so, ask in the name of Jesus. All right. Where's the bank? What's the bank? Philippians chapter 4. Verse 9, where are the riches? Where are the riches? Where's all these things that God has for us? You know where I'm going. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, And my God shall supply all your need. Think about that. Your God wants to supply all your need. You not having all your needs supplied does not glorify your Father. You walking around in lack does not, there's not a scripture in the Bible that says lack glorifies your father. I'm talking about God. There's not one scripture that says, and yet people walk around taking vows of poverty and thinking that humility is having lack and not having enough and just, you know, I live by humble, I live on humble means. Humble means. And they're talking about lack. They're talking about not having. Talking about poverty. That doesn't glorify God. I said that doesn't glorify him. What glorifies him? That all your needs are supplied. All your needs are supplied. According to his riches. Where? In glory. By Christ Jesus. So where is all this treasure? Where is all? It's in the glory. It's in the glory. What's the glory? That's the manifested awesomeness of the Almighty. That's the presence of God. We'll just say it that way. It's the presence of God. So, we've got the Scripture. We take out the check. We got the Scripture. We come. We ask specifically for what we want. We're specific about what we're asking for. We ask in the name of Jesus... In the glory, in the presence of God, in his presence. His presence has to be very much a part of our receiving from him. In other words, we don't receive from him apart from him. We receive from him, with him, present. He's there. He's there with us in manifestation. We have his presence. In other words, it's a relationship. Faith is personal. 
Faith is a personal. Faith is not just mechanical. There are mechanics to it, like, you know, writing out a check, going to the bank, making withdrawal. There's mechanics to faith, but faith isn't just mechanical. Faith is personal. It's a relationship with God. God is there with you. God is there with you. His presence is there. You're aware of his presence, not just his principles. Thank God for the principles that he's given us in his word, but we can't just work the principles without him, without his presence. It isn't like God just gives us a magic wand and says, now go out and go get it done, guys. No, no. We're going with him. Everything we're doing is with him, aware of him. We're conscious of him, that he is with us. He is present. A lot of folks aren't. A lot of folks think God's very far away, that he's a distant God. He's a distant God, but he's not distant. He's with us. He's present with us. So we have access to him and all that he owns, all that he has, through relationship with him. That's what we're talking about. It's in the glory. It's in the manifestation of him. It's the glory of God. It's him. It's relationship. You have a relationship with God. Your faith will be only as strong as your relationship is with God. We need to have a strong relationship with God. You think about the Pharisees, the people that wanted Jesus crucified. They knew the scriptures. They studied the scriptures, but they didn't know him. He was the scriptures. The scriptures testify to him. It was all about him. But they didn't know him while he was standing right there in front of them in manifestation. They missed him. But the Bible says concerning Abraham, who's referred to as the father of our faith, in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, as it is written, God made a promise to Abraham. And it was written. It was a check. God gave him a check. And he already wrote it out for him. And what was the check? that he'd be the father of many nations, that he'd have a son. And so it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. That's what's written on the check. Father of many nations, that's the request. But it goes on, in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Notice that. In the presence of him, in the presence of God. He was believing God in God's presence. We need to believe God in God's presence. And so sometimes, you know, it's good to just worship God. Sometimes it's good to just worship God and praise him and honor him. And the Bible says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Uh, A lot of times folks just run out and they start making their requests and they start firing away the scriptures and writing out their checks and they're doing everything right. They got the principle. But they haven't drawn near to him, the person of God. They haven't drawn near to him. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. That's his presence. His presence isn't automatic. His presence is for those who draw near to him. Then you'll have his presence, him manifest himself to you. Can you say amen? Praise God. So, number six, believe you receive. After you write out your check, You submit it, you submit it to God, you've asked, and now you believe you receive. Believe you receive. You know, it's kind of like if you go to the drive-thru at the bank and you put the check in the tube, push the button, and it goes through, and then it comes back to you. And there it is. You go, praise God, I've received then you never reach out and take it and you drive away. Well, I'd like to be the guy behind you. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Believe you receive, you know. Reach in there and take it out. You got to take it. All right? When it says receive, that word also means take. Believe you take it. So go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take it out of the tube, praise God. That's what you got to do, according to Mark 11. And then he said, you will have it. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'll have it. Because I believed I received it. See, you know you believed you received it when you're not struggling with it anymore. And you don't have to keep asking for the thing you received. 
If you're still asking for what you received, then you don't believe you received it. So therefore, you didn't really receive it. If you received it, you have to believe you received it. And when you believe you received it, you wouldn't keep asking for what you believe you received. So if you find yourself asking again for what you say you believe you received, then just know you didn't receive it. You're waiting to see it or feel something different to know you received it. And so you have to know you received it before you feel it. So many people know when the teller sends it back through the tube, you received it. It's there. But now you've got to go take it, and then you will have it, right? Then you will have it. Seven steps to successful withdrawal. Have a checkbook. What's the checkbook? The Bible. What's the check? The Scripture that goes with what you're asking God for. Number three, pay to the order of. Know what you're asking for. What is it you desire? Make your request known to God. Ask him. How do you ask him? You got to sign the check in the name of Jesus. Number five, you got to do all this at the first bank of glory. That's the bank. You got to know. It's all in the glory. It's all in the presence of God. Then number six, believe you receive it. Number seven, you will have it. Praise God. If you don't grow weary, the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, you will reap if you don't lose heart. So, so there's a time after you believe you receive it, you've taken it by faith, that you'll have it. Sometimes you don't have it instantaneously. You receive it instantly when you ask for it, but you don't always have it instantaneously. And that's where you have to exercise patience. So it's by faith and patience, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, that we inherit the promises of God. There's it word inherit again. We inherit the promises through what? Through faith and patience. So don't grow weary in well-doing, according to Galatians 6, 9, for you will reap if you don't lose heart. Can you say amen? Praise God. Somebody say, I got it. I got this word. Now I'm going to go write some checks. Amen. Go write some checks. I mean, you you just hate to see somebody. They got this big, fat checkbook, you know. And you open up, and they've had it for years, and there's not one check ripped out of it. And they're walking around in lack, and just they don't have. and, And you look and say, why aren't you writing any checks? Until now, you've asked for nothing. Ask! that your joy might be full. Can you say amen? Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's, let's praise him and let's thank him. Glory be to God. What, a, what promises. Woo, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.